Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. We appreciate you being here. Thank you ever so much for spending some time with us. Uh, my name is Willie Lawson. Again, welcome to the program. Uh, we appreciate you being here. I have one favor. One, do me one one solid. If you would send me an email on where you heard the program, whether you're listening on currently on Spotify, whether you're listening on Spreaker, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, whether you're listening on uh, right on the Spreaker website, whatever you're listening, I'd love to hear from from you. And also, if you would include where in the world you're listening from, that would be very cool too. Um, today, we're going to talk about, can Donald Trump be beaten? At a, um, now this, this came from, uh, before we get started, a, a fairly long conversation I had with a very, very good friend of mine um, who leans left. Um, he told me that he is, he is supporting uh, Joe Biden um, this time around. And um, he is of the mind that some of the other people who are running for president on the Democrat side are, 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 are fruitcakes. Now, we're not going to get into everybody. We're not going to, to dive into all 25 candidates. Uh, Eric Swellwell got out and somebody else got in on the clown. Some billionaire got into the um, clown car to um, today. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure who it is, but we got to first talk about how we got, to, how, how do we get here? My friend and I had a pretty long conversation and, and it went back to some things that I think that a lot of people um, either have forgotten or misunderstood while they were going on. Uh, I had the pleasure, honor, misfortune to be involved at some level uh, at the national grassroots level. So I have a pretty good understanding of how things went down. Now, I know how people thought they went down. I know that people were were told by media, think this was something, and it really wasn't. But when we get back, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about, we're going to go back to 2006, the advent of the Tea Party, and the conservative uh, upset with George Bush, because that's where it all started. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood or an earthquake is destroying buildings. When a tornado is tearing through town or a hurricane strikes. Or is the best time perhaps today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. And it's not always as simple as using your cell phone. That's why now is the time to take action. Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be... Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up because there's a lot more to say. 
And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to the broadcast. We appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you ever, thank you ever, 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 ever so much for spending a little time with us um, today. Whenever, whenever you got here, whenever you got to the the broadcast, thanks, thanks for spending some time with us. I, I, I truly, truly always appreciate it. I mean, it's it's always humbling to find out that people are are listening and people care. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, the title of the program today is Can Trump Be Beaten in 2020? Um, my short answer, and now you can go to bed, uh, is no. That's my short answer. Um, like I said in the open, uh, a very, very good friend of mine and I had a, had a pretty long conversation that went into a bunch of areas uh, about Trump and politics and culture and a whole bunch of stuff that I just don't have time for this evening. It's an extended conversation. And I'll tell you what, I'd love to have that extended conversation. That's like a three hour broadcast um, where we can talk about um, the effect of culture, the effect of social media and all these things on American politics and how we how we're dealing with it. But I ain't got time today. <laughs> I wish I did because I think it's a, a super interesting conversation. Maybe we can get to a point where we, we can hold a um, a forum and have panels and have and then you know some of you could volunteer to be on those panels and then we could actually have that conversation. And I'm talking about a conversation that is not a screaming match, a conversation that doesn't um, include name calling, finger pointing, just real conversation. That I think really needs to happen. In any case, um, but before we can talk about that and why I think that that that's my short answer, there's a reason, and 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 it goes all the way back to 2006. And I know 2006 was 13 years ago, and it seems like a forever. Doesn't doesn't it? it seems like a forever ago. Um, it is in the middle of George W. Bush's last term, and there is a lot of displeasure and upset in the conservative community about the amount of spending. It seems like George Bush has just let the House loose spending on whatever on whatever they want. Uh, the Medicare Part D um, gets approved. And get signed, and it just seems like we are we are steamrolling into socialized medicine, and we're steamrolling into a national debt that we simply may never recover from. It may be un, it may be our undoing. And I tell you, conservatives were all sorts of upset with George Bush, as. As glad as conservatives and Republicans were that George Bush was president um, in nine, you know what, during nine eleven in two thousand one, they were every bit as upset with George Bush as he was about to leave office in his in the last part of his last term. And this is when we see the ascent of the Tea Party movement. I think the Tea Party movement 
is probably in recent history one of the most misunderstood and underestimated movements that have that has come down the pike in recent times um and i still and i think the tea party movement is why i think trump is almost unbeatable now we've not heard anything officially from anybody who is is using the tea party brand at this point um however just like you know what um the wall i mean the wall got torn down and the soviet union went away but communism didn't go away and communists didn't go away and and the the brand of of tea party may may have gone away but the tea partiers are still here now the tea party t was an acronym for taxed enough already a lot of people didn't you know what a lot of people because of of media weren't even told that simple part of what the tea party movement was all about the tea party movement was a uh, an economic movement tea party movement didn't have anything to do with immigration didn't have anything to do with abortion didn't have anything to do with any social issues the tea party movement in its infancy was purely uh, about economics was about taxes and was about deficits uh that's what the tea party movement was about <clears throat> but because of media it very quickly became something especially on, on the leftist media um something that it wasn't most of the people who were um, associating, excuse me, associating with the Tea Party were white. And after the election of Barack Obama, it was very, very easy for the left and the leftist media, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, Atlanta Constitution, St. Pete Times, to paint people in the Tea Party as racist. And the only reason they're complaining now is because they're mad about having a black president. This story that became, for a lot of people, gospel, was always a lie. Didn't have Tea Party hadn't have anything to do with the election of Barack Obama. Nothing to do with Barack Obama. Except for economic policy. So I know a lot of you who are listening, especially those of you who are listening on Blog Talk Radio, uh, are <clears throat> screaming at your computer now and mad at me because I didn't do this show live on, on Blog Talk Radio. So you could call me and call me all sorts of names. Yeah. Guess what? It is to my advantage when you underestimate me. If you've got something negative to say, write them in the comments. Send me an email, wls860 at gmail.com, and I will respond. Promise. I will respond. But the Tea Party movement was not about Barack. See, and this is the, the first misconception. This is the first lie. The Tea Party movement was not about Barack Obama. The Tea Party movement was about uh, economic malfeasance in Congress, led by George W. Bush. Where, as we look back, this is kind of the first glimpse of Trump supporters that we can see in recent history. An older group, for the most part, not entirely. Super patriotic. People walking around in Tea Party gatherings dressed as, as the Founding Fathers. George Washington, Samuel Adams, a lot of people walking around in you know what in three pointed hats and and the boots and the fluffy shirts, the whole deal. It's just ridiculous, frankly. But and at one of our meetings, the meeting, the second Tea Party gathering, people were asked, "Don't come in costume, please. Bring American flags." But the people who are in costume will 
detract and and are holding signs will detract from the message because the message had already been corrupted. But it's my thought that this is some of the first glimpses of what would be later uh, what we're seeing as Trump supporters and the diehard MAGA Trump supporters. Because the Tea Party movement was about celebrating the greatness of the country. It was also about economic issues and the greatness of the country was going to be at stake if the, if the nation's economic woes were not solved and solved right now. And Barack Obama's plan to institute the Affordable Care Act and the Patient Protection Act was leading to socialized medicine and would be way more than the country could ever, ever afford. When asked about taxing the rich, he was asked, and appropriately so, who did he consider rich? And they threw out this number of anybody making $250,000 a year was rich. And then immediately that started to fall into small business owners. Wasn't the super wealthy, the uber wealthy that we're talking about. We're talking about the people who live next door who own a cleaning store or may own two cleaning stores and put their uh, cleaning store taxes on their personal taxes. So they may have a an income of over a quarter million dollars, but their outgo damn near matches it. They may have an income of $260,000, but an outgo of $240,000 because of equipment, because of employees, taxes, you know, chemicals, whatever. So what these folks have bought them is a, is a really good job, right? (laughs) They've bought themselves a job, a really hard job, but a job. So we're starting to attack those people. And that was the pushback from from the Tea Party and some conservative Republicans. Because the Tea Party was being seen or being portrayed, I should say that, as white racist people who are mad that we had a black president. When nothing could be further from the truth. The Tea Party movement would have loved a black president at the time, and that black president, you know, bizarrely enough, ironically enough, would have been somebody like Colin Powell. Colin Powell was the same person that endorsed Barack Obama. But they would have been a lot less angry at someone like Colin Powell, or Condoleezza Rice even, at the time. However, the Republicans decided to run John McCain. And I said this, if you if you go back to any of my broadcasts on Blog Talk Radio from that time, that what happened was that the Democrats were running Superman and the Republicans were running Deputy Dog. We're talking about young, attractive, virile, energetic Barack Obama and your great-great-grandfather, John McCain, who was, who picked a running mate that was like his Anna Nicole, Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> it was just a, it was just a cluster, you know what? It was a cluster from the get. So, failure in 2008, GOP fails. Fails. Absolutely fails. Barack Obama walks around and just whips the GOP's ass. The Tea Party notices a good portion of Tea Partiers at that point were libertarians, not necessarily Republicans. So they they didn't feel like they needed to come to the aid of the Republican Party to push John McCain, who they saw some of his policies and they weren't crazy about that either. So the Tea Party, the Tea Party didn't 
in, in that configuration didn't think it was it was its responsibility to push any political party over the line or even participate really because again its main focus was economics not politics so Barack Obama becomes president more GOP failure all right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back to talk about what happened in 2010 and the part that the Tea Party played in that. We'll be back right after these messages. Thank you ever so much. I'm Paul Beaumont, and I'm asking for your vote in the special congressional election on April 30th. You could say I'm the anti-AOC, as in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC is a radical socialist. I'm Christian, conservative, and committed. AOC wonders if it's still okay to have children. I have 11 kids, and I'm strongly pro-life. AOC wants to eliminate air travel. I'm a former Navy pilot. AOC calls a border wall a moral abomination. I say we must have a border to protect our jobs and our way of life. I'm running because I want to do my part to restore America's greatness. I'm going to fight for our families, fight for our jobs, and fight for North Carolina and our nation. And here's my pledge. I'll never become intoxicated by the D.C. swamp. I'm asking for your vote on April 30th. Text Paul to 252-680-8964. That's Paul to 252-680-8964. Or go to anti-aoc.org and vote Paul Beaumont on April 30th. Authorized and paid for by Beaumont for Congress Committee. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work... I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect dancers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back. We appreciate you um, spending some time, and we hope that this um, that this review, this discussion, is um, is valuable to you. Let's see here. We left off. Uh, the GOP had just lost the 2008 election. Uh, they ran deputy dog, deputy dog, and as it turned out, we found out later um, that those people who started the Tea Party were right about John McCain all along. Especially later on, after the election of Trump, we found out who John McCain was and was all along. So we found that, you know, there was some vindication, like, yeah, we were right all along. However, if we we would have elected John McCain, we wouldn't be saddled with the Affordable Care Act right now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. In any case, um, 2010 rolls along. And what happens is what normally happens in the House of Representatives, uh, but hasn't ha- hadn't happened for Republicans in a while. the 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 Republicans win the, a majority in the House. John Boehner is made Speaker of the House at that point, um, and it is primarily because the Tea Party, who had that had been fighting off 
being annexed by the Republican Party because the Republican Party saw that the Tea Party had juice in getting people motivated and activated that they did not have, especially after getting their handed to them by Barack Obama. They sort of glommed on to the Tea Party movement that they were certainly supporters when all along, frankly, the GOP had really spurned anything Tea Party. The corporate GOP spurned anything that was Tea Party. But the narrative was, because, you know, what? it's funny, my neighbor across the street is, is, is an avowed um, progressive, and I heard it from him, and I heard, then I heard it from a bunch of other progressives that, and... Um, that the, that the Tea Party was just an arm of the GOP, and it was and it was using Tea Party as its useful useful idiots. Nothing could be further the, further from the truth. And I, and I told him, there's you know the GOP at that time, they wished to God they had they had that kind of juice to do the kind of things and to have the kind of rallies that Tea Party that, that, that Tea Party folks were having. And to get that sort of action happen, they wish to God they had that kind of juice, but they did not. So this idea that somehow the GOP was behind the advent and the ascent of the Tea Party movement is just foolishness. Absolute foolishness. Never happened. Never happened. Uh, and people were saying, well, you know, the Koch brothers are behind, are behind it all and they're paying everybody and they're paying you. And I'm like, well, you know what? I haven't gotten a check from the Koch brothers. Uh, you know, our first Tea Party gathering, uh, the stage was the back of a pickup truck. The microphone was attached to a a nine-inch speaker that was encased as a um, a guitar practice amp. That was the PA system. You get me? You get me? The podium was a music stand that was um, put in the back of that pickup truck. It was the the most Jethro Bodine outfit you'd ever seen in life. Hardly something slick and paid for by the Koch brothers who have, if they don't have all the money in the world, they've got damn near half of it. No Koch brothers money here for sure. And the next year, better PA system, but pretty much the same thing. But the difference was that now the Tea Party movement was maturing in the sense and it said, you know what, we may have to get involved politically to save ourselves at this point. And the only way to stop the Obama agenda was to take over the House of Representatives with the only vehicle that they had available to them at the time. It was not the Libertarian Party. It was the, the Republican Party was the only vehicle that had any gas in it that ran. That they didn't have to build from the bottom. Especially on a national level. So that, you know what, there were a lot of people who were disenchanted with the Republican Party, uh, who were registered Republicans, frankly, and that associated themselves with the Tea Party movement. And decided that here's the deal. We need to put, quote, Tea Party candidates in the House of Representatives. And a bunch of tea, a bunch of candidates ran um, that year that associated themselves with the Tea Party movement. A bunch of people. And really all you needed was to say that you were that you were involved in the Tea Party movement and that you were anti-establishment and you and you had a good shot. So they did. And lo and behold, in 2010, a few, just a few months after the uh, Affordable Care Act had been signed by President Obama, the Republicans took the House over for the first time in 30 years. They took over the House. Too late to stop the Affordable Care Act. But people got elected based on their pledge to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Nuance and context. 
you heard on my program and you can go back and you can listen to you can listen to the the archives from that time period on Blog Talk Radio and I th- maybe you can't go as far back on iTunes. I think you only go back 300 300 programs on on um on iTunes. But on Blog Talk Radio you can go back and you can listen to all those programs. I said it, it was a wet dream. It was some sort of conservative wet dream that the Affordable Care Act would be repealed. I told people it wouldn't happen. I've been telling you that that since it got passed in 2010. And every year it becomes more and more impossible to, I mean, to repeal. And at the time, there was no way it could be done. The House would vote for repeal. That bill had to go to Congress, and Harry Reid was still in charge of the Congress. Um, the Democrat Harry Reid was still in charge of the Congress. If it got vote up, brought up for a vote, it was going to be shut down immediately, but more than likely it was never going to be brought up for a vote in the Senate. And if it happened to somehow get brought up for a vote in the Senate and get passed by the Senate, Barack Obama was never going to sign a never going to sign a um, a repeal of his signature piece of legislation. Never was going to happen, and there just wasn't the votes to override a veto. So all that was just tomfoolery and foolishness. It was never going to be repealed, but people got elected to Congress based on their pledge to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, I believe that it, that it was repealed in the House of Representatives some 35 times. Some 35 times. So instead of trying to find a candidate to run against Barack Obama, they spent all their time basically repealing, you know what, voting, voting to repeal something that was never going to be repealed. Ever. Ever. So, what happens two years later? With some of the worst metrics ever for a sitting president, the GOP fails again. And in 2012, Barack Obama wins the election against the whitest man in America, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was the author of of Romney Care in Massachusetts when he was governor there. And basically was, and for a lot of people, was kind of a sycophant of Barack Obama, a really clumsy campaigner and destined to lose from the very start. So, in 2012, more GOP failure. More GOP failure. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more of the program right after these messages. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com. This is Willie Lawson for the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit to your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our number is 360-978-5200. That's 
360-978-5200 or go to www.armedcitizensnetwork.org. Again, welcome to the program. We appreciate it. My name is Billy Lawson. Uh, could you send me a, uh, an email of telling me on what platform you heard the program? That would be very helpful. And if you would also send me a, uh, a quick email, you could be the same email telling me where you are in the world. That would be really cool. I'd appreciate that greatly. That, and my email address is very simple. WLS860 at gmail.com. That's WLS, say it after me, WLS860. 860 at gmail.com exactly thank you so much I'm looking forward to hearing from each and every one of you um, so 2012 rolls around and Trump uh, loses to Mitt, I mean excuse me Trump beats excuse me not Trump Barack Obama beats the crap out of Mitt Romney Mitt Romney is clumsy and not a great campaigner uh, with not a lot to, to distinguish himself from Barack Obama and loses with the worst numbers um, and this metrics the, these metrics that the the Republican leadership and the Republican campaigners have been using for years it was almost in their brains a foregone conclusion that that we have never going to re- elect a people elect a, excuse me a president that had such horrific employment numbers and deficit numbers and the and the like. However, America sent Barack Obama back to the White House. More GOP failure. Now, the Tea Party by now is fairly quiet. But like I said, just because there aren't rallies, just because there people aren't dressed in three-point hats, doesn't mean they've gone away. It's matured. And they see that what needs to happen now is that that Republicans need to win the Senate. Again, for the very same reason, there isn't another vehicle to use at this point. That in 2014, the Republicans need to win the Senate. They, they just weren't able to do enough with only the House. So in 2014, Republicans win the Senate. They're given that gift. So Barack, so the uh, so the Obama juggernaut is not put up on blocks, but it, but it is slowed a bit. Uh, it's a bunch slower than when he had uh, his party in control in both the House and the Senate for his first two years. His last two years, not so much. But it was okay because the the president was able to use. Um, the idea that the Republicans were obstructionists for the reason why he was being throttled after pretty much having his way for six six years having his way for six years. So, it, so if the economy wasn't coming back like you thought it was, it was because of the obstructionists, you know what, in Congress. Um, if unemployment wasn't uh, being assuaged like you thought it should be, it was because of the obstructionists in Congress. So that was the back and forth for a few years. Like I keep saying, the Tea Party had pretty much ended its rallies at that point. There were no Tea Party rallies. Nobody was going out dressed as Dolly Madison anymore. That had gone away entirely. Nobody was talking about the Tea Party. Most people who had been in in charge of large Tea Party groups had gone back to their lives. We didn't hear much from my friends like Amy Kramer. People like uh, Eric Odom of Liberty uh, Liberty News had pretty much gone back to his his life working for Grassfire at that point. 
we're talking about most of the people who had started the Nouveau Tea Party movement back in 2006 and seven had pretty much gone back to their lives 10 years later in 2016. But they were still, but they, people were still out there. Like I said, way back in 2006 is when you saw the first glimpse of what would now turn into the Trump supporter. 2016 presidential campaign featured some 16, excuse me, 17 or 18 Republican candidates. Senators, former senators, governors, former governors, a who's who of folks running for president. A who's who of people who were eminently qualified, who had who had all the paperwork, all that paperwork in order. Almost every single one of them. Except this guy, Donald Trump, who had taken a, a test ride in the cycle beforehand. And so people thought that maybe he was doing this as, as a publicity stunt. Stunt. What had happened, and what no one really noticed, is that he had taken the this whole thing for a ride the previous election cycle, back in 2012, and this time he was ready to go. If it looked like it was going to it was going to be a go, then it was going to be a go. The difference is that Donald Trump understood something that the Republican Party did not at the time and still might not. He understood the the importance of pop culture and social media and how powerful that weapon is. And it can be used. And it can be used to your advantage. And it can be used to control the 24-hour news cycle. And Donald Trump is genius at tweeting and basically taking the news cycle and having it chase its tail for 24 hours while he can go and pretty much do whatever the hell he wants, which is part of a conversation I had with a very good friend of mine today. And he had to, he had to give it up that that's, if, if Donald Trump has a genius, that's his genius. He understand and, he, and it's because he understands it. We've not had a president yet who understands it. So it seems like when it happens, it seems, quote, unpresidential, end quote. He, he understands that in pop culture, there are people who say things in pop culture that other folks listen to, and they never, ever get challenged. Meryl Streep never gets challenged. Rosie O'Donnell never gets challenged. Glenn Coke, close. People like that never share, never get challenged. Bette Midler never gets challenged as they uh, use their platform to spout their political agenda and ideas, and they never get challenged. Well, Trump's like, screw that. Trump challenges them. While I'm tweeting about, uh, while I'm tweeting about nuclear power and 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 stopping the, the North Koreans from having nuclear weapons. While I'm while I'm tweeting that, I might as well reach down here and slap the crap out of Cher. Shut up, you you washed up hag. He never called her a washed up hag. I did, um, but he understands the importance of that. We've not had a president yet who has used social media in the same way that Donald Trump has. So in 2016, the sleeping giant that is known as the Tea Party movement, very quietly, very frankly, very stealthily, show up at Trump rallies. And I I kept saying this near the end of the campaign, uh, in 2016, when all the polls said that there was no way in the world that Trump could be president, no way in the world that Trump could be president, no way, no way, uh, there's a 3% chance that he'd be president. 
but I started watching these rallies here in Tampa. Let me give you an example. Here in Tampa, the the first rally that I attended in Tampa was held on a Tuesday afternoon at about one o'clock in the afternoon. The organizers had about two days notice. I think they found out Sunday night that candidate Trump wanted to come to Tampa and have a rally. So they scrambled like hell to put one together. They put one together at the fairgrounds in a place that holds about 5,000 people. Maybe a few more, maybe, maybe like 7,000 people. They got tickets. They got security. They got all the stuff you got to get when you have a presidential candidate coming to your town to hold a rally. Now, this is Tuesday afternoon. Most people are working. The place was packed. Packed. Easily 7,500 people there in the middle of the afternoon. Easily 7,500 people there. Easily. Later on in the campaign, Trump comes back with a couple more days' notice. And they're in the amphitheater on the on the ground of the campus of the fairgrounds. There are eight thousand people in the amphitheater listening to Trump campaign. And outside there's another fifteen thousand people outside just listening to Trump as the sound bounces off the concrete structures inside the amphitheater. There, there are no there are no T V screens, there's no speakers outside. They're just there to make sure everybody knows that they are a Trump supporter, period. And I said, those are Tea Party people who are tired of the status quo. They're tired of the get along to get along. They're tired of what Republicans have been doing. And Trump, even with his leftist history, is providing the Tea Party faithful, not maybe not maybe, maybe the leadership of the Tea Party, who couldn't really get past Trump's history. While Sharon Angle is running for Senate in Nevada, Trump pays for a fundraiser for Harry Reid. <clears throat> Cringy as hell, right? However, what Trump is saying about border protection and lowering taxes and the like is that message is resounding with that same Tea Party group, the rank and file Tea Party members who usher Donald Trump in office. Nobody sees it coming. No one sees it coming because now the Tea Party is underground. But just because they're underground doesn't mean they're dead. Doesn't mean that they, they won't vote. Doesn't mean that they won't make a difference. Now the Tea Party that we talked about in 2006 and seven doesn't really exist the same way. But the Tea Party mentality is alive and well. And the left doesn't have an answer for it because it doesn't have a regular top-down structure. There's nobody that you can indict and put, put in jail. There's nobody that you can say uh, is participating in human trafficking. There's no one you can say is a, tea, is a, is a misogynist or a um, child molester. There is no official head of the snake to chop off. It's a bunch of amoebas that will pop up in any areas, become effective, and then very quietly go away. They're not going to show up on polls. They're not going to show up um, on television. They're, gonna, they're not going to show up anywhere. The only place they're going to show up is, is at the election booth. That's the only place they're going to show up. So they can't be stopped. Trump's been able to deliver on some of his promises. Just enough to satisfy the Tea Party mob. 
So it's my prediction that was what I said in the beginning of the program. No, there isn't anybody out there that can beat Trump at this point. Nobody. Joe Biden can't beat Trump. Can't do it. Cory Booker can't beat Trump. Kamala Harris can't beat Trump. Barry, I mean, Barry Sanders. <laughs> Help me. Bernie Sanders can't beat Trump. Elizabeth Warren can't beat Trump. Pete Booty Juice. <laughs> Can't can't beat Trump. Andrew Yang can't beat Trump. Why? Because the Tea Party movement that's still out there underground is not going to allow it to happen. So, the answer to the question, can Trump be beaten in 2020? The answer is no. Cannot. There's nobody out there who can do it. All right, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So thank you ever so much for coming to the program. If you would, again, be so kind to send me an email at WLS860 at gmail.com and let me let me know what platform that you heard the program on. That would be so cool. And I'd be so, so appreciative. And in that same email, if you could tell me where you actually are in the world. Are you in Dublin, Ireland? Are you in Waco, Texas? Uh, are you in Dover, Florida? Are you in hell, Michigan? That will be very cool. Um, so until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.